Welcome back to the Adam Fury podcast. <laughs> I know, welcome back. I think my last episode was back in April, I think it was. My God, it's been a while. It was April, May, and now we're into June, and I haven't done any podcasting. My reason for my long absence again is because I've just been busy with work, and also I've been busy with playing Final Fantasy XIV, which has just taken over my life at the moment. I'm busy playing as this cat avatar, and you know, <laughs> fighting against dragons, and collecting money and going to gold saucer you know all all that stuff which is just more fun than recording thoughts and sometimes you just need a break and you just need to switch off and play some video games for a while so that's what i've been doing while my long absence um (laughs) checking back on my podcast i'm pretty shocked i've just seen the analytics for this and uh apparently my most popular episode so far is the Jedward, sort of Simon Cowell psycho whole thing that got 15 hits which is <laughs> quite amazing 15, woo! that's the highest I've ever got on a thing so thank you for everyone who listened to that I don't know if you listened to the whole thing or if you just had a little listen and then were like, nah, not for me but if you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in Um, today's episode I wanted to sort of discuss Um, Cruella has just been released in cinemas and I wanted to sort of discuss uh, some of the... I haven't seen the film yet and I'm planning to this week to go and see it once I I go to Surrey and the cinema will be more closer and I can go visit it by foot. So I will be going to see it and I might do a podcast episode after I've watched it. But I have read... I have watched reviews and I have seen what Twitter have said about it. And... um, (laughs) I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about it because um, I will be making sure to say that I haven't seen the film. So there will be some spoilers discussed because I did see a major big spoiler and it's the reveal about how they make Corella's character sympathetic. Um, so basically the whole topic I want to sort of focus on was Disney's remakes recently of villains. They haven't necessarily been remakes. They have sort of been sort of reimaginings or... Um, not really a remake. What's the other word for it? When you retell something in a different way. Oh, I've forgotten the specific word for it. But it's like when Final Fantasy VII was remade for PS4. And then, spoilers, you get to the end and you realise, oh my god, this is not a hard, you know, 100% remake. This is going to be um, a different retelling, a different reimagining of it. Because they are going away from the original story and doing something different with it. And in that way, I just sort of think, does the marketing feel a little bit misleading with all of these Disney remake films with villains? And I saw my my, my example that I'll also be referring to is Maleficent, which I remember seeing in cinema ages ago. Now, let me just check. When did Maleficent with Angelina Jolie come out? And oh my God, I could have a whole session discussing about Maleficent because... It was 2014. 2014, my word. That was about six years ago. Crazy how time flies. But Maleficent... Apologies also, drink my tea as I'm doing this. Um, Maleficent I was really hyped for. When I saw the trailer, because I love Sleeping Beauty, I love everything about Sleeping Beauty. I love the story, the Chayabosky music, the settings, especially the way they do the trees and like a square shape 
uh, if that makes any sense, all the sort of the cuboid sort of geometry settings. I loved Maleficent as a character, just incredible and uh, such a great villain. Um, particularly the bit where she's so horrible to Prince Philip at the end with that whole, you know, and then he becomes free after he's basically dead and he's just this ghost. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is morbid. Just the such a great villain. And then we had Maleficent, which we thought was going to be, I thought was going to be like a retelling. And they'd show like how she became a villain, but she'd be a villain. I didn't expect her to be um, turned into a sympathetic character. But oh my word, Maleficent was such a mess of a film. It was such a mess. There were good points. I like the beginning with the remake. You know, they got the spot on beginning when she casts the child. Brilliant. But there were just bits that just didn't make sense. Like, who would call a child Maleficent? That doesn't make... And I love how the narrator said it so sweetly. Like, and they called her Maleficent. And I'm just like, no parent in their right mind. Unless, you know, they didn't know the meaning of the word. Would go, yes, I'm going to call you evil because it's such an affectionate name. It would have made more sense if she had... I can't believe I'm rewriting the script for this bloody film... It would have made more sense if she had a different name. If she had something that began with M, but it meant something like motherly or, I don't know, maternal or, you know, just something that showed her care in nature. Because throughout the whole thing, you can see that Maleficent is sort of like a maternal motherly figure by the end of it with Angelina Jolie's character. Instead, it was Maleficent from the start. That was one thing that just didn't make sense. Um, It would have made more sense if the humans gave her the name Maleficent. And, you know, that would have made more sense. Or even by the end, it gets revealed, you know, to Aurora. Actually, my name was never Maleficent. That's not, that's what the humans called me. And then we find out what her real name is. And it's like, oh, we only know about Maleficent because that's the story that's told by men. Or, you know, there were so many ways they could have gone about doing it. But it was just so ridiculous with some of the stuff they did. Um, I wouldn't have minded... If in the market, you know, if they said this isn't going to be Sleeping Beauty told through the villain's perspective, it's going to be a reimagined of the whole thing where we're making Maleficent the sympathetic character and she's going to be the hero and everyone else is the villain. Or in the case of the three good fairies, they're going to be bloody incompetent to the point where they neglect the child or, you know, almost let it get killed several times. And I just sort of think. If they showed that in the marketing, I wouldn't have come out with such a shock of what the hell did I just watch? Um, Because the whole thing is basically about Maleficent and, you know, the relationship there. And uh, it's such a... Basically, all the other characters basically had to suffer character assassinations for Maleficent to look good. And... um, And the main highlight was Angelina Jolie. The acting as well was a bit uh, sketchy at best. Um, Angelina Jolie absolutely killed the role of Maleficent, even though the script and the CGI core and just the whole aesthetic. I don't know what was going on with the aesthetic. It's like they, it's like they mixed Lord of Rings with something else, and it was it didn't have its own identity. And even the follow-up uh, to Maleficent, the second one. There were things I liked about it, but again, it was just such a messy film. <laughs> like, you had Michelle Pfeiffer in it. I mean, 
you have these incredible actresses and you just think this was the best script you could do whoever wrote this it just was atrocious and i'll never get how the ending of maleficent how so many people just got turned into red powder you know the fairies and just oh i'm spoiling more stuff I'm, i do apologize if you know you haven't seen these films and you know i've just <laughs> given a major spoiler or oh. but um <laughs> just turn into red powder and you just sort of think oh they're gonna stay as red powder some weird happy ending this is where you know they don't even try to reverse the cast i don't know how to explain it it's like um it's like getting to the end of beauty and the beast and the beast comes back but everyone else stays as furniture it was a little bit like that at the end of Maleficent 2. It was really bizarre. I was like, oh, the ones who got, you know, transformed, they're not going to turn back, even though they were innocent. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the ending. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of it, but but fine, fine. And <laughs> But yeah, I'm going off on a massive pivot here. I need to get back on topic. But um, I've noticed this, and Cruella... I mean, people were like, with Cruella, what the hell? They're trying to make a woman who... Oh, so here we go. So we, we have Cruella uh, starring Emma Stone. And it looks it looks really good. I like what they've done with the trailer. You've got um, Emma Thompson, Emma Stone. Um, the, fashion, the costume design for this looks incredible. I mean, just the costume design. And it looks a little bit like The Devil Wears Prada, but more... I don't know, extreme, and you know, it, it, lo- it looks and sounds really good, and kind of like the Joker a little bit, I get Joker vibes as well from it, um, so it starts off about this, you know, this girl who wants to get into the fashion industry, and then a tragedy happens that turns her into the villain, basically, but um, <laughs> the tragedy will make you laugh, so I don't, you probably already know what the spoiler is, but I'm going to now go into it, um, so what makes Cruella Cruella? Well, apparently, and I haven't seen the film yet, and I'll let you know when I do how they execute it, but apparently the reason Cruella wants to kill Dalmatians is because... Dot, 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 dot. The Dalmatians killed her mum. They pushed her mum off a cliff, and that is why she wants to make a fur coat out of Dalmatians, because of that childhood trauma. Now, I haven't seen the film. I don't know how they're going to execute it. But just on paper... <laughs> just on paper. I have to laugh. Seriously, I have to laugh. Like, I, I want to know how the mum got, even got on the cliff. I want to know the whole story of this Dalmatians. Like, you know, I really want to know how they execute it. Because on paper, that sounds so stupid. I mean, there's some ways they could execute it where, you know, it works. And then, you know, there's some... Oh, but but really? Really? Like, you know, make a fuck? Oh, God. Oh, I just... <laughs> Twitter cracked me up. I think someone said, um... <laughs> are we going to have a sympathetic story for the hunter who killed Bambi? You know, because Bambi's mum, you know, killed them. You know, it just... It gets to a point where you just think... How how much further is this going to go? Like, are they going to make, you know... Someone said that if they did Ursula, Ursula would work. Because, you know, making the royal kingdom 
of the underwater realm, you know, villains would be more really easy because she's treated like an outcast. She's alone. That would be easier. But it's really difficult to make someone who wants to make fur coats out of dogs <laughs> sympathetic. I I admit they tried. They <laughs> it's tough. I mean, if, that, if someone sent me that as a writer, I'd be thinking, oh, okay, uh, ooh, maybe, and I'd really have to, it'd be tough to do, because dogs in general, I mean, when, when dogs die in films, or even video games, people get really upset, you know, more than, say, for example, humans, because, and I think there's a sense that, you know, dogs in general, um, you know, they just want to be loved and cared, and they're quite innocent dogs, and most of the time when they do attack, it's because of the abuse they've suffered, or because of training, or because of neglect, or because of instinct. They don't do it out of maliciousness, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, they are animals. But, um, I just think that cracked me up, and I just thought to myself, what am I going to do a podcast episode on? And I just thought it had to be this, because... It still boggles my mind that someone sat down on a typewriter. No, they didn't use a typewriter. It's 2012. Whenever this was written, maybe they do use a typewriter because it's retro times, but you know. But um, <laughs> they sat down and they thought, how can I make Cruella a sympathetic character? And uh, they said, yeah, let's make her mum killed by dogs. That will That will shed tears. That will make you know what? Those those dogs had it coming. They deserve to be turned into a fur coat. And I'm like, okay. So we're going down this route. And I know some people are like, oh, for goodness sake, why can they just keep them as villains? Why have Disney made, you know, Cruella? What? Well, Maleficent did well in box office. It's really popular. I mean, it made, um, I think it was 500 million. How much did it make? I mean, it had a sequel. If it had a se- it made 700 and 58.5 million US dollars at box office. Not even DVD sales, just box office. People ate it up. So, you know, (laughs) they ate it up, they enjoyed it, and they did a sequel, and I think that also did well with Michelle Pfeiffer. So, you know, if you you don't want to see more of something, you don't go and purchase it. You don't go buy to see it. Although, to be fair, I was also went to go... I didn't go and see the sequel in cinema because I was just like, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD. I'm not going to spend, you know, cinema money to go see it because the first one... I can watch it and I can accept that it's not a remake because I think that was the key thing. Marketing sold it as a remake and it wasn't a remake. When you watch it, I say, this is just someone's really weird interpretation of how Maleficent could be sympathetic, not to take it too seriously, and then it's a fun film, uh, and to ignore the major plot holes in it, and fine, it's bearable. If you treat it as a remake or something serious, you'll absolutely hate this film, because I think they just could have done much better, and they could have gone even darker, but again, it's Disney, you know, they're restricted with how dark they can take things. And it's the same like with my Kingdom Hearts criticism, you know, Disney, unfortunately, have to think about the children, about the family, and we could take it a little bit dark, but we can't go proper dark, dark, which I think is its, you know, major failing, but there we go. That's that's something we can't really control. Um, back to Cruella again. So, we, 
we had that. Um, apparently, Emma Thompson is amazing in this. Um, so I shall let you know when I see it, what I think. But um, I think as well, there was another point I also wanted to mention. What was it? Somebody also did on Twitter the comparison between the two different Cruellas. And they called uh, our original Cruella, Stacey Cruella. But another thing someone's mentioned was that um, smoking was banned in this one. So Cruella doesn't smoke. And I discussed about this with my sister, Hannah. And um, we were discussing about this, that the fact this Cruella doesn't smoke. And I thought that's a major letdown because in general, when I think of Cruella, I think she has that long cigarette in her hands and she smokes all the time. Uh, you know, you get either Glenn Close's image where she's got the cigarette in her mouth and she's get into a handbag or, you know, Nita, darling, you sort of get that image of Cruella. Or, for example, the cartoon version where, you know, the puff of, you know, is ending on Roger's head and he's getting really annoyed by the amount of butts she's leaving everywhere with her cigarette. And also, my sister was saying that in general in the fashion industry, a lot of smoking happens because it suppresses appetite, They, you know, to try and stay thin. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that that actually makes a lot of sense as well, you know, especially because oh, I think this, it takes place in the 90s, doesn't it? Um, Corella's, um, that's why I think it takes place in the 90s. And, you know, back then smoking was a lot more, well, I think smoking is still prevalent, but it was a lot more prevalent back then because I don't think there was much awareness of just how bad it was. I mean, it was, I think it was starting to, but back then I think more people smoked and the bands hadn't really come in yet in the 90s. So it would have made more sense to see Cruella smoking and you know and I think it's sort of added to the character and it sort of just fit in but um the reason they banned that is because I think to try and which I can understand but at the same time I just sort of think you know it just it's really bizarre it's kind of like um oh I'm trying to think of analogy of another example but it's like when they made decide to make Maleficent not green so she could appear more empathetic and human. And I was just thinking, wow, that's a little bit of an insult to Wicked, isn't it? But, you know, it's their interpretation. So, I mean, you know, but oh, just could you imagine all the gifts of, you know, Emma Stone with a long cigarette and just, you know, puffing out smoke and going, oh, darling. Or, you know, it just would have been, that would have made it even better, I think. There was clearly some inspiration also from the Hunger Games because there's, if you watch the trailer, there's this bit where she arrives and her dress transforms um, all f- fl- fiery and goes, oh, I'm Ella. Oh, that's one thing. Her name starts off as Ella, which I like. Someone, th- you know, someone had a little bit more brains when they were writing the script compared to Maleficent. Um, not by much, but a little bit more. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I can't comment on that because I haven't seen it yet. I need to remind myself of that. But to start off with Ella... And I guess at some point it becomes Cruella. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I mean, people have been saying that it's a really fun watch, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I just, um, I just think it's interesting where they're going with these villains. I think. It's interesting, but at the same time, I just sort of think, you know, people do go trauma and they don't do evil things. You know, not everyone who has 
you know, lost a parent or, you know, you know, they don't become villains, you know. I just, um, some of the stuff of these films is just a little bit ridiculous. And, um, I don't know, I just really fancy a good villain film. You know, just give us someone who is just evil for the sake of evil and make it a good time. I mean, there is definitely a market for that. I I do think people are going to get tired of the whole, you know... They will keep doing this, though. They'll do it with Ursula, and they'll do it with some other ones. They'll probably make Captain Hook sympathetic. And Actually, they already did. They did that in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. There's, like, a massive movement at the moment to just make all the villains, you know, younger and sympathetic. And, you know... Oh, they're not going to be chain smokers. Oh, no, because that's not good for the kids. If they watch, you know, are really fantastic role model Ella who just wants to be a fashion designer smoke you know we're going to start a whole generation of chain smokers because you know Ella is a is a is you know she's a girl boss oh that's the other thing there's a lot of girl bossification in this film whatever the heck that means because I think that's a made-up term bossification I mean let me just type that up Cruella girl bossification let me see an article because I did see this term I swear I I swear I'm not making it up (laughs) here it is flipboard Cruella is the girl bossification of the mad woman woman I'll go to vulture.com and see what the heck they're talking about so um you know, in some ways, this is almost like, um, I Care. Was it I Care? The one which, um, was about that woman who took advantage of all those people putting them into old people's homes. I think it was I Care a lot, or I Care, or something like that. Um, this sort of, oh, you know, critiquing (laughs) this sort of female villains who become CEOs and stuff. But here we go. I'm going to read the article. So it says, that Cruella is an atrocity with neither purpose nor soul shouldn't come as a surprise. It is, after all, another in a long line of IP mining nostalgia and better works of the past that Disney is more than happy to keep churning out. Hollywood is an industry too myopic to understand its past and too inert to move into a more artistically dynamic future. But it's the way this tepid film operates that makes it galling. The pleasure of Cruella Deville, first voiced by Betty Lyle Gerson in the 1961 animated adaptation, and later played by Glenn Close in the 1966 live action film, is an outrageous style and cruelty. And I'll stop there. I think that's the main thing, isn't it? You know, when you think of Cruella, she is just awful. And it's just fascinating to watch. I mean, you know, the way she talks to Anita and you know when Anita refuses to give the puppies the way she talks to her and goes you're fired you're you know the way she even speaks is just you know it's like a cartoon villain and we just really it's just enjoyable it's such a relish and I think you know it kind of takes away some of the fun really um and I'm just going to continue that she is a woman intent on skin Dalmatians to make herself a coat. Here, Corella, played by Emma Stone, is softened and made aspirational. She's given a loyal pooch as a sidekick, so you know for sure she wouldn't kill animals herself for the sake of fashion. Although there is a throwaway joke about skin and Dalmatians that nods to her beginnings. The film begins with Corella's birth, depicting a mop of half black and half white hair as natural, rather than aesthetic choice. What the hell, really? Oh dear, I think my opinion has just dropped there. 
Nobody is born with that. I'm sorry. What a load of rubbish. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Dina, I'm probably reading stuff that's going to make me change. Oh, it's going to affect my opinion of this. Oh, Lord. I think I just need to go see it. And just, oh, God. But as well, The Quiet Place Part 2 is also coming out. Do I see both? Do I go to see both films or do I save my money and just see The Quiet Place? That's the big question here. Right. Um, Born Estella. We see large swaths of adolescence in the mid-60s when she's played by the precocious Tipper Seifelt Cleveland. She's framed as such a rabble-rouser that the world doesn't know what to do with her. She gets into fight at a prep school until she's kicked out. She's lonely. Her only companion is a loyal puppy she finds who remains by her side. What splits her life in two is the death of her mother, who is knocked off the side of a grand cliffside estate by some CGI Dalmatians that were originally chasing Estella. She blames herself for her mother's death, and makes her way to London, where she falls in with Jasper and Horace. They become lifelong friends, bringing her into their world of grifting and petty thievery. The bulk of the film takes place against the backdrop of late 1970s London. Well, you know, late 1970s, smoking. Smoking was a big thing back then, especially this sort of background, you know. Smoking was a huge part of the culture, so... I don't understand why they removed it. If that was the... If they wanted to be accurate to the time period, they smoked back then, whether you liked it or not. Just saying. Eventually, she takes a job working for the Baroness, Emma Thompson. Oh my God, I'm just reading the whole synopsis. Is this the whole synopsis person, or are you actually reviewing? Um, conniving designer, as haughty and fashionable as she's called to her stuff, Stella sees her as a mentor, but grows angry when she learns more about her boss's horrifying behaviour. She's an unrepentant baby killer. What? <laughs> Among other atrocities, it's here when Estella decides to become Cruella, setting her sights on usurping the Baroness as a designer. <gasps> okay. That sounds interesting. Hmm. Cruella, the film and the character postures with an off-the-rack punk sensibility as the div could hold even the echo of count you can just tell this person wasn't impressed with this film <laughs> this person who wrote this article who wrote it for god's sake oh my god it must have the name somewhere by angelina jade bastian okay and angelica bastian you definitely didn't like this film i have a feeling <laughs> you saw right through it i think you could just tell. I don't think she was a fan of this film. <laughs> I'm just reading it and I'm getting that vibe. Um, <laughs> can't stop laughing because it, she's just like pinning exactly why she just doesn't like it without saying that she doesn't like it. Um, uh, <laughs> if you look closely, Cruella is indicative of the very culture pretends to critique. Pretends to critique. Its central character is a white woman whose concern in politics begin and end with herself. She's a girl boss pretending to fight against the powers that be. She doesn't want to overthrow the, so, the establish so much as become it. Cruella takes one of the richest narrative archetypes, the mad woman, and whittles her down into a glossy, hollow, capitalism-approved monster fueled by girl boss politics. Ouch. That was a ban. That was a ban, if ever I've read any. It has nothing to say about how women move throughout the world. Mm. It's hard to know where to begin with the aesthetic failures of this film. Oh, even the aesthetics we didn't like. Why? Let's read on. 
There are odd choices like the insistence on conveying information through newspaper headlines superimposed on a scene. The scenes at night made me wonder if cinematographer Nicholas Caratinas forgot how to light properly in order to convey information. This is especially frustrating the climax of the film which is so pallid and grey I could barely make out details. The needle drops are especially confounding. They either feel odd, pointless or utterly random as if to showcase the depth of Disney's pockets or in the case of these boots were made for walking which plays when Corella gets drunk and her boss has whiskey and redesigns a window in the Liberty of London store out of anger, a way to drive home the thin pop feminist thematics. The costume design led by Jenny Beaven is sometimes beautiful. Okay, so the costumes... So it's more the cinematography than the costumes. So So we're in agreement here me and uh, Angelica the costumes we can give it a little bit of a thumbs up there so well done to the costume designers um, it takes its cues from the works of Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen le- lending Cruella a p- punk air and the Baroness an austere quality uh, there, are re- there are realms of crimson taffeta, Cruella's trademark hair is fashioned into a crown, swooping gold collars frame her face and shoulders, there are slinking gowns, towering heels, bodices thick with jewellery and boning, but all this beauty feels inert as it's in service of a story that feels confused about what it wants to be and who the character at its centre is. So you've seen the mad woman before. She's your ex-girlfriend with smeared red lipstick refusing to quiet her anger during an argument. She's the former wife trapped in the attic whose machinations have been branded unfit for society. She's every woman who had been called too much. Um, I'm Cruella, born brilliant, born bad. So I'm just reading ahead... Sorry, I'm going quiet. I'm just reading ahead because it's quite long. So, mm, no lead actress could save a film so poorly conceived, aesthetically facile and narrowly wrote that Emma Stone is a particularly disappointing choice. In the past, I've enjoyed Stone's work in The Favourite, and that's pretty much it. But watching Cruella led me to look at that performance from a different perspective. I realised it wasn't so much what Stone was doing that piqued my interest, but how the character was framed visually and written. In Cruella, Stone sounds like an alien who only ever saw American actors playing British characters would think a British person sounds like. Her gestures are empty, a flourish of the wrist, the way she rolls or widens her searchlight eyes. Everything feels underlined in a way to mark Cruella as weird and different from her surroundings. But it just feels silly and poorly thought out. She lacks a sense of play. She doesn't feel bold enough to fully rock the ostentatious frock she wears. You can't help but think of the camp extravagance Glenn Close brought to the role in 1996 and yearned for such a daring approach. Ultimately, Stone does not offer us a window into who this woman is beyond a vehicle for mining IP. Although, to be fair, I think Glenn Close, no one will be able to beat Glenn Close's. Corella Deville, and there won't be another Glenn Close. Glenn Close is one of those actresses you only get one. <laughs> you only get. Oh, sorry. <coughs> Gosh, coughing at the moment is just. You have to be really careful to cough because even if it's like from hay fever or just because you're sipped tea the wrong down the wrong throat airway. Um, you have to be so careful because you worry people about COVID and you're just like, I promise I don't have it. I take the tests and, you know, I don't mingle with people. But yes, Glenn Close is one of those actresses. You only get one every millennium. 
but yeah, gosh, that was a scathing review I just read there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'll have to watch it and let you know. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch. I'm going to go with low expectations. Um, and I'll probably have to do like a fresh reaction. My thoughts fresh from the basket once I've watched it so you can hear but uh, <laughs> I think it'll be funny or fun or just I don't know I'll let you know how it goes but um, yeah let me know what you thought of Maleficent and what you thought of the second Maleficent and maybe at some point I should rewatch Maleficent and give that a whole analysis for a podcast if anyone's interested but yes um, if you want any requests for what you'd like me to cover uh, my Twitter is uh, at Adam Fury um, so yeah you can send me a tweet on there or find me on Instagram and just send me a message there on what you'd like me to cover next and I'll try my best to check it out because it'd just be nice to have a, a little bit more interaction which would be good um, just to know if people would like something else covered for a change and yeah Anyway, I hope you have an incredible day, wherever you are at the moment. Um, and um, I hope Dalmatians are not pushing off, pushing your parents off a cliff as we speak. Because if you don't have Dalmatians pushing your parents off a cliff, that to me constitutes a good day. Because, <laughs> you know, Dalmatians, they're just, oh, you know, if they're not making someone an orphan, you know, clearly they're just not doing enough with their day, are they? Anyway, till next time, take care. Bye.